You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, it's uh, interesting to be here on this uh, podcast, I guess. Is this what we're doing? This is what kids do? They do like a radio show, but, you know, it goes out to a limited audience. It's a voluntary radio show that you, you hand out to a couple of your friends. This is what we're doing now. See, back when I was uh, when I was a kid, everyone listened to radio, right? Now they do podcasts, and they're they're worse and dumber, just like the young people of today. They're worse and dumber, right? Am I right? I'm waiting to see how long you can keep this big going. <laughs> it's back because back in my day, we fought in wars, and I don't you know kids don't do wars anymore. They've got pronouns, you know. That's uh... this feels too much like an actual joke to be a Dennis Miller bit. <laughs> Hi, it's me. Unlikable, unlikable pile of slime, Dennis Miller. You also should have been like, you know, you know, kids today are as crazy as Dionysus. And, you know, remember when he used to do that shit? Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Remember, it's such, it's, remember it's there was that time, for some reason, quality he, material. he did, uh, like, Monday Night Football, and he kept making all these references. And I just remember there was a Twitter account that pointed out how Dennis Miller actually knows nothing about classical history because every reference he made was wrong. <laughs> I yeah. would just post each reference and explain how it was wrong. It was pretty great. I'm going to have to dig that up. Um, I, I, I just it, it occurred to me right now as I was ripping on Dennis Miller, an, an, an irredeemable person. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That typically when I'm like when we're doing these, even these reviews that we, you know, our episodes can sometimes be a bit harsh on certain actors or actresses that we think like beef it you know yeah i often i often feel necessary to be like oh i don't really blame this person or this cast member or this director or this cameo whatever because you know almost as if i'm concerned they'll listen to it and be offended yeah yeah, in case case somebody tells a famous person to listen to our 30 person podcast just on the off chance you know i just it's just kind of a midwest courtesy i've got baked into me but uh in this case uh I really don't. <laughs> if Dennis Miller listens to this, I, I've got something to tell you, Dennis Miller. You fucking suck. You I don't terrible. like you, Dennis Miller. <laughs> you were terrible before I found out you were a prick during the making of this movie. I just genuinely thought you shouldn't have had a career. That's all I thought while watching this. I just thought, how did we select Dennis Miller to become famous? Because he is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's d- distinctly, like, sexist, racist uh, in this. He got famous from Saturday Night Live, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a, a notoriously okay. garbage, garbage lineup of, of SNL. Uh, yeah. Okay, that sort of makes more sense because it's probably like he got famous for people writing funnier things for him than he actually. You know what I mean? That's the only. Uh, yeah, I, I could not believe because at first I remember we did this. I was like, why would Dennis Miller be in this? What, what a weird. And then in watching it, I thought this movie's better than Dennis Miller. And spoiler alerts: this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> Yeah, this movie was rough. I I picked this movie for Pogues. Uh, uh, I, I leaned this one into in, into creation, um, having seen like brief glimpses of this film, but never quite seen it. And it seemed, you know, like that kind of cheesy, you know, uh, midnight B movie style movie, which it is actually in its defense. It is precisely what I thought it was. It's just that I didn't expect to to to, to not enjoy. A single second of 
Yeah, I, it was exactly the movie I thought it was going to be. Uh, I just expected it to have some... Because, like, we watched Demon Knight, and that movie was terrible. Yeah. But I legitimately enjoyed Demon Knight. Like, it was Demon really Knight. bad. And it, it, it did go a little long towards the end, but I thought otherwise it was really good. Like, I actually found it sort of fun to watch. We yeah. still talk about some of the scenes. There's there's this formula to bad movies that are enjoyable. Like, they have to always be doing something because there's nothing worse than a bad movie that grinds to a halt. You know, um, uh, uh, Vampirella was that way. Like, I thought Vampirella was going to be fucking hilarious to do. And it was perhaps yeah, one of the most painful yeah. movies to do. Because not only was it bad, boring, and poorly, like, shot, but it was slow. They would just film it was really long. Vampirella. It was, it, maybe it just felt yeah. really long. They would film her just, like, wandering from room to room with no, no distinct purpose and long cuts in a bad costume. That is... You know, you can't get any enjoyment out of that. Um, and so Bordello of Blood and demon knight share one thing in common is that they're constantly busy showing you something absurd every five minutes which in this movie's defense is what it's supposed to do it's just repeatedly repeatedly show something bizarre whether it's Corey feldman like doing his uh george michael you know throughout this whole movie or all the yeah, b-movie actors like like the guy who hosts the funeral hall you know just delivering every line like they're doing a shakespeare in the park you know what i mean like everyone just this movie does do that in that every 10 minutes something is happening the problem is is the through line through all of that is the insufferable uh the 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 insufferable existence of dennis miller yeah (laughs) every scene he's in is just like sapped of any joy dennis miller enters every scene as if his first line is going to be you're welcome i'm here that is the vibe that Dennis himself brings and is not reciprocated by the cast, the scene, the audience, or any human beings who are capable of doing complex math. That is... <laughs> he feels like he's he's playing the guy who uh, awkwardly hits on women who don't want to be hit on at a bar. Like, he has that yeah. kind of guy like where he walks up and is just like, hey, you're pretty hot. You know what I mean? Just, just like a creep. I don't know. Everything about him... There's like a scene at one point uh, where he is, uh, this girl comes to his house because, his office, because her brother has been missing for several days, she says at this point. And he's like trying to like riff with her. It's like, bro, this girl's brother is missing. That's why she was at the police department. And he's like, you know, I can find him. Just give me a chance. You know, and he hits his obnoxious voice too. does not help. But like I, it was just so bizarre that your char- your lead character would just be so cavalier with a woman who's basically like, "There's a chance my brother's dead." Oh, and but the, although I guess maybe in his defense, she didn't seem that upset that he had been missing for four or five days. It is an insane film because D- Dennis Miller's character is irredeemable. Like if you take yes. him out of it and if you swap his casting with anyone else, he's still an unlikable person. Um, as is, by the way, everyone in this movie. I, yeah, like, I, put, I don't think there's a single person that you could find yourself connected to. I the, put. A, the, I had the, a, a note that said, "I can't believe they made because I didn't realize that Corey Feldman wasn't the hero." I was like, "I can't believe they picked Corey so mad, Feldman by the to way. be the hero. He's so, so unlikable." Mad. And then they introduced Dennis Miller's character, and I was like, "Oh, he'll be more unlikable." And I was like, "Wait, he's the hero." <laughs> Because he's somehow more unlikable than Corey Feldman's character, who is just, like, the biggest douchebag for no reason. 
I know, but at least like I was like more interested in watching him perform. I should also just just to I I, I looked up some information, some interviews on this movie before we started, and uh, to lead to to follow up what Pogue said earlier. Almost every interview had the the exact same message about this film, which was that Dennis Miller was a fucking nightmare to work with. Everyone talked about his like he was doing Dennis Miller live, so all the cast had to work weekend week weekend nights um, and and take days off during the week, which pissed them off. And then he would demand to get all of his shots in the morning so he could leave halfway through the day and leave everyone else stuck shooting all of his other, like, filler scenes out of order so they could so they could do it without him and have, like, some, you know, PA just yell his lines from off screen. I mean, just insufferable. To the point that, at least more than one place, Corey Feldman has described his experience on the set as miserable. And when Corey Feldman is decrying your... Pr- your, your, your personal behavior. <laughs> you should really take a look at yourself. What I find that would be, like, even more objectionable, not just to him being like, I'm the biggest star here, schedule around me. It would be told that we had to do that so he could go and film Dennis Miller live. Like, that's Dennis an Miller live. on NC, you know I mean? It's like somebody being like, I need you guys to film around my scenes because later tonight I have to go punch some puppies. <laughs> I gotta be there on time. Uh, uh, the film also cited the fact that, that, that uh, this led to tons of continuity problems because Dennis Miller improvised, like, a massive majority of his lines, which again is not the flex you think it is. You think it is Dennis. Yeah. I, I imagined there's a scene when also after he's been cavalier about trying to get this woman to hire him to find her missing brother, his ex-wife calls, I guess. And he picks up the phone and he says, hello. What? Yeah. You know, talking to you is reminding you why you almost drove me to homosexuality. And I thought that's a Dennis Miller original. And, and he, when he said that, he probably stopped thinking the crew would start laughing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, was he waited such for the, a, yeah. It was just like, oh, God, this is really bad. And that was every line he delivered. It was just like a joke that was five years too late to have been funny and not really that funny even. That I mean, he just, I can't even remember most of his lines because they were so bad. And this is in a film where one of the characters, everything she says is a sexual innuendo. Like, I think every single line she has is a sexual innuendo. Yeah, and to be clear, film, there there is a creature that is designed to, like, lure men, you know, with, with, with like, an abundance of sexuality. It's not a vampire, traditionally. <laughs> like, well, what's, you know what I mean? Like, what's it, weird it is, was, I mean, you could argue the, a succubus is a type of vampire. I, I suppose, fair enough, I yeah. think the thing that I had problems with is they introduced this woman in the beginning of the film in this like indiana jones light opening. we need to talk about this too yeah let's let's get right but, into this but she's introduced and her power is not that she's a vampire it's that she has a big tongue which is very confusing because not also a trait of a succubus also eats hearts which is also not a vampire thing yeah it was it was very just a like a really pretty confusing if you do a horror movie like just straighten it out a little bit because you kept the cross thing kind of yes. at pet. daylight but it just also, gave them, like, tongues it and hearts to eat. also like, a weird thing to be like, ah, we're scared of Christ. Oh, you're a Jew? Forget about it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the it's same God, guys. They just yeah. don't think Jesus was his son. I mean, yeah, I, I, think... don't, I don't think... I don't think the thing... I don't think the thing that gets vampires uh, is, is, is the specificity of Jesus. <laughs> I just assumed it was... I mean, I know it's always the cross, but I just it's assumed that's to be because, holy. you know... 
Yeah, yeah and, I just found yeah, it was like really funny. Like, a oh, Jewish symbol should, should address the same thing. <laughs> they're like, slightly. oh no, we're cool. Yeah. I know it's out of order here, but can we just for a moment, since we're on the topic, discuss at the very end of the movie when obviously Dennis Miller defeats the vampire creature, that we, we suddenly come around to him like sanctifying the remains to keep the creature dead with just like a random rabbi who's like, oh yeah, I do this all the time. Yeah, he's like, when I sanctify a vampire, it's like, I don't think sanctify is the word you want, but at the end, it's, I don't know, this Um, movie's, uh, like, I, even though they included a rabbi and Dennis Miller's Jewish, it felt anti-Semitic just for for those moments. Yeah, Somehow the inclusion of Judaism seemed to be offensive to Judaism. But this movie had the perhaps most bizarre opening which is that we begin and like 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 poke said we begin in a, a sequence that would be probably akin to if you did an indiana jones theme for like a, a short for like extra credit for like your history class yeah you know? it definitely just a, looks just like one of those goof videos you did, like, like you know like spielberg did when he was young and he made like movies with like legos and stuff and you're like oh that's pretty good for a kid yeah, uh, that's what this. That's what these adults did at the beginning of this movie in this cold open that has us like in what seemed like Gold Rush era, like South America, but I guess turned I, out to be like modern day. I could, I'll be honest. I could, yeah. That that's another confusing part, but I could not tell where they were supposed to be at. It just seemed like oh, yeah. it was like jungle. Like just wherever there's a jungle, it, it had to be there. South America because of the people that the 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 actor was traveling with. Yeah, who were speaking um, Spanish, so it was somewhere. I, I'm again going to mention something out of out of out of out of uh, out of sequence here, just because I have to mention it. Um, the the uh, the actor there, uh, I can't remember his name. I, even in the film, oh, I don't, if you're running his character's name, I have no oh, idea. Sorry, his name is Vincent. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> Phil Phil Fonderoco. Um uh <laughs> so so Phil Fonderoco is a little person and and in this film he is called a creepy Ewok to his face by Dennis Miller. Another sequence I am pretty sure <laughs> Dennis Miller ad libbed. Is Dennis Miller ad libbing? Well, I um, believe I'm pretty sure that guy's one of the he played an Ewok, so maybe it was just he did, to be a clever which... callback. Which it's not a clever callback. <laughs> I, I'm okay, sure it. maybe it's supposed to be a callback. Um, I, I'm sure Dennis Miller did not know that. I am sure he's just being uh, insulting. And and I did in IMDb did list that as a fun fact, and I'm like, don't know if that is a fun fact. <laughs> IMDb <laughs> is that this 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 sort of shitty comment happened to be like adjacently true. <laughs> it's not. Cool. Yeah, it doesn't really make it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway um uh, uh this character vincent is is in vaguely south america uh where he's acquired um interesting enough a um a prop from the other movie did you recognize that oh is it really that is the exact same prop used in demon knight that has been told to have the blood of jesus christ that that uh what's his name uh, wait uh, i, I thought they said in this movie it contained her blood it did. You are correct. Yeah. Old, old Billy Sadler had it in the other one. Uh, uh, and it was supposedly contains the blood of Jesus Christ. And then without any any kind of reinterpretation, it's just presented as a different thing in this movie. Because I think they just had the prop on hand, folks. I think they just had it around. 
Thought it was cool. Yeah, I mean, Why I guess it, it'd be sort of interesting if it had been, like, the same thing in this. That would have That could have been fun, but, but it since, wasn't. Yeah, since it wasn't, it seems very weird. Um, yep. I, and, uh... It, it's also a confusing prop, because it comes back later on, and the guy who's holding it breaks it and then tells the woman to do something. That's what the key does, buddy. You can tell her to do something while you're holding it. You could have done, kept it and then just made sure she didn't kill you. I feel like you're really taking a chance breaking it. Yeah, the laws Dancing. of that thing are pretty confusing. Because he establishes in the beginning that by simply having the key within his possession, he can control Lilith, the vampire. Mm-hmm. The, the queen of vampires or whatever the hell she is. And he specifies that that, it requ- that means it could be in a pocket or even in a safe as long as it's within his quote-unquote possession. Which I think is, like, a little too vague. Like, speaking as a DM, that is yeah. not the kind of um, yeah. spe- specifics I I've give got my players. i got it in my bag somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've buried it, like, ten miles under the earth. Uh, you know, well, whatever. that's what I also thought was odd. He was like, eh, it could be in a safe. And then later, they show them taking it out of the safe so he can go command her to do something. I was like, wait, you said Which is, if it's in yeah, a safe, You just set it up. He also is seen repeatedly, like, it's kept in his brother, I think, safe? The, or, or no, I don't, think he, I don't think he was his literal brother. I think that was, like, brother like brother in Christ. Fair enough. Uh, so his so his his partner of sorts, uh, the, the reverend, keeps it away and loans it to him to do whatever kind of business he does, I guess. Well, that plot this, line was pretty bizarre. This, this was another weird... Plot. How did he lose it? Like, I mean, it seemed like it was his life goal to get it. No, in that intro sequence, and he, then later I, on, I'm, I'm pretty sure the plot is he was getting it for that guy, because that guy wanted to bring that woman to this small, like, midwestern town to punish people who would go to a bordello, which seemed to be like nonstop. And the police in this town were not very aware that 75 people had died. <laughs> like they seemed so cavalier about the fact they had the highest missing persons rate among 40 teens in the entire world. And they're just like, huh, we'll get to these missing persons cases one at a time. That's not how they work. Yeah. And I know, I know detectives can often uh, fail to solve cases, but I think if every case took you to the doorstep of the same place, like I think I maybe... Think, I think after this, like the eighth person went missing with no trace i think you'd call the fbi and be like uh something's really wrong here we need Got your a real help. problem over here and then what was even more insane was we find out that um the guy is like stealing uh their jewelry and stuff the people they killed and they're also selling their cars which seems like that's a real paper trail and they were then donating the money to charity, and that's why Vincent was mad, because he wanted money. Why didn't the guy, when he was about to be attacked by that woman, and he was like, give me the key, why didn't he just say, I'll give you a million dollars? He was, like, super rich. And you know he's, you know this guy you're talking to is just a greedy asshole. Just say, I'll give you a million dollars. And he probably would have been like, oh. Okay. Yeah, none of it made sense. Like, what Vincent's whole plan was, why, whenever he had the key, he didn't just simply do whatever he wanted, which seemed to be like what he wanted to do anyway. It was pretty bizarre. They also link in this um, this reverend thing late, because here's the sequence of events the audience is given. We see him in an indistinct... We see Vincent in an indistinguishable time frame, anachronistically... Yeah, in, in the 1940s. In the 1940s, it, it's it seems like. a ripoff of Indiana Jones. Yeah, and he's he's somewhere in, like, South America. He acquires this this 
key. They which find is, this uh, very easy to find an, too. An incredible relic. Yeah, he finds this tomb, um, which had a body outside of it, which I don't understand. Since uh, yeah, was clearly dead. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but the, they revive Lilith with the heart. Also, seems like it would be pretty hard to acquire. So this guy went through like a lot of work to get this, and then Brazy, like you said, back to a small town just to punish the horny was a pretty bizarre plan but all we get as the audience is that that they require lilith they revive her and then we just like cut to Corey feldman like going to get to we cut to get to, his dick wet like we it's, cut, yeah, we it's cut pretty to bizarre listening to like a bible study thing while she's riding a treadmill or something and then she gets off because she's mad her brother's listening to generic rock music and then he's just like a gross disgusting human being and she also i i could not pin down how old they were supposed to be because he seemed like he was supposed to be a teenager and i thought she was too but then we determined she's like second in command of a mega church so i'm assuming she's at least in her late 20s so how old was Corey Feldman? <laughs> like it's very didn't you think he was supposed to be like 19 yeah <laughs> it was very weird and then and then from Corey feldman the movie goes into what I would refer to as too many boobs, which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> but it does like, sound like a weird thing to say. I was but... shocked. Like, there's just a scene where it was just, it, it, this is truly just the worst of the worst softcore porn. It's just constant women topless for no reason. And just like really awkward. And then his whole scene with him and his friend every line of dialogue in that you would have thought dennis miller ad-libbed because it was so bad at one point he's getting ready to be killed by that by lilith and she walks in and he just goes wow two chicks cool that's the line and then she said earlier she said don't eat your heart out that's my job doesn't make any sense she also says something about talking with your mouth full referring to blowjobs um she like every line she says is a sexual innuendo or sometimes just a straight sexual harassment comment and uh angie everhart not a great actress it turns out no and here's the phenomenal thing i said earlier no one's likable no one is i mean Corey Mm -hmm. feldman is a victim is a victim of this bordello you hate him from this beginning uh uh we're supposed to probably i guess like Catherine the the sort of final girl of this movie if you will uh i guess not really though she's because she spoiler alert she's a vampire uh at the end uh but she's supposed to be likable but she's not because particularly no because she she shows up every day to like a a, a ridiculous and evangelical like circus show here was my problem was with this whole like subplot is so when they show up and we're introduced to this guy and he's talking and she's talking about how much money it'll cost to get like a a shopping network up of just his merchandise and stuff you get the opinion that oh he's like a fake preacher he doesn't actually he's just doing it for money and she's unaware and you're like oh okay but then as the movie goes on no he's really really into god and wants to punish sinners so much that he resurrected the first female vampire to kill them and then i thought why did he have to work for a mega church? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, I, it's like somebody wrote a pass of the script where he was an asshole for being the 
pastor of this church. And then somebody came in and was like, nah, he's the cause of why Lilith's here. Oh, okay. Should we take out that weird megachurch stuff? No, it's fine. It's fine. Because it really, he seems like such a prick. And then, I mean, he is a prick in, regardless. His plan's terrible. But, like, if the idea he is he's supposed to be so religious he wants these people to die, it just seems so odd to have him then be also not a good preacher. You know what I mean? It's like, pick one or the other. And he could yeah, play the guitar, so I don't know why you're saying he was a bad preacher. And we're tossed into this, like, evangelical preacher zone, uh, or, like, first act and it doesn't come back around to be relevant to the plot until like it never actually comes back to be relevant to the plot well well, the revelation that that he's involved yeah i admit is weak really has nothing to do with him being that's what i mean is it has nothing to do with him and the mega church he could have been any preacher ever yeah and that's why i was confused if you were setting it it was extremely confusing and in fact the only reason the only reason the establishment and yeah it's not even like a parrot like it's not even really a parody yeah, which is what I like, thought they were going for at first was like the classic like and I would have make liked, fun of these terrible yeah because I mean it is yeah those people are usually not great uh, but then like I said to have him then actually be religious doesn't make any sense because yeah I mean like the whole point of like hating those people like you know uh, what I can't think of the guy's name now the dude was just like famous for being really you know a super rich preacher but he was like a miserable human being he didn't actually believe anything he said he just knew that if he said it people would send him a bunch of money so yeah, it's like, i thought that's what they were going for and then he would die at some point like he would try to call on my thought was when they first introduced him was eventually the vampire was going to show up and he was going to try to pick up a cross to like ward her off and she was going to be like that only works if you believe in it idiot or you know like something like that like to play on the fact that he was just a charlatan no he's really really into god <laughs> so it was just yep. a confusing plot point but he's, I mean, he's an unlikable, like, con man of the religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine, the, the main woman in the film, uh, uh, is a henchman to his, his, his con man activities. And later decides that she's going to do a documentary where she, like, runs from, like, strip club to strip club. Her is, like, uh, action news, like, eyewitness yeah, news. Just, like, she just, just sits kicking in the door and... Kicking the door in and yelling at people in strip clubs uh, and demanding to know why they're there. I mean... Catherine. Everyone yeah. knows why they're there, Catherine. It also felt like a weird thing. She's like, why do you come here? It's like, I th- probably because there's topless women. I don't know if you need a PhD. The ribs. Or... Yeah. They've got killer ribs here. I love the buffet. You you wouldn't believe it, but yeah, it's it's they, they, they do a killer uh, a killer a killer a killer rub on this barbecue ribs. Um but and so she's absolutely insufferable. Uh, uh and then yeah, you know, you've got the vampire queen who is somehow perhaps the le- like at least at least her character is, is specifically direct and not a monster at least her character at no point is racist <laughs> i guess <laughs> i guess that's something yeah her whole thing is uh, yeah her character everything was just i i don't know that was the whole problem with this movie i mean there's there's 900 problems with this many movie. problems with this movie but even is like for what it was you know it you expect it to, if you're gonna do like a horror sort of send-up mockery you expect it to do something, but it's not really a commentary on like mega churches. It's not really a commentary on like uh, horror movies having like a weird moral compass, you know, where like the person fucking always dies. Doesn't have that. It doesn't really have like a clever twist on the vampire lore. It, it was just like they made a parody and then nobody told them parodies were supposed to be funny or something. You know I mean, it's just like a terrible film. And then it's made worse by the fact that the only person commenting 
is Dennis Miller, who, like, the whole time, all I could think was that scene from Step Brothers, where he's like, I don't know what it is, I just want to punch your face. Like, every time they cut to his face, I was like, ooh, I want to punch this guy. Not to mention that we, at the beginning, get this, like, lukewarm attempt to, to be like, oh, the Crypt Keeper's here. Like, after our cold open... We get this little like, Cryptkeeper in, vignette. Did they do that in... Um, With William Demon Sadler? Knight? I don't even remember. Probably. I don't, I don't remember. It was so jarring. And then... It was extremely jarring. The Cryptkeeper does set you up, though. Because, like, every line of dialogue in the Bordello is, like, the porn version of the Cryptkeeper. Because, like, mm-hmm. the Cryptkeeper is also shockingly lazy with some of his rhymes where he's like he meets the ghoul of his dreams ghoul doesn't sound enough like girl to work yeah at the they end of it, like, distra- Gee, that's not how this game works at the end of it he, he he's like something about how it was like a love story but then a tragedy like romeo and Juliet. like yeah <laughs> it's so so lazy and and then oh yeah it's really terrible and then like you said it's william sadler or whatever like it's so bizarre that he's, he's like the briefly mummy. a mummy for no reason and then like they jump right back into it and then, like 10 minutes like two minutes later like angie everhart is saying skin express to tuna town and i'm like i'm yes. fucking done <laughs> oh yeah like i'm absolutely done i will honestly say when Corey Feldman got to the bordello i have a note that says uh-oh that's all it because I knew yeah. from that moment. And I well, put the I have one that says stamp, for the, I was like, it's yeah. downhill from here. Which I is, have one for that same time period that just says, yikes. So yeah. I think we were probably having a similar experience. When they were just showing that, and then there was that dialogue, I put, if this is how you start the movie, it's downhill from what is already the bottom. Which is an interesting... It, yeah, it was, it was shockingly and bad. Nothing, nothing explains any of the characters' motivations. Like, the beginning we see... That you know, uh, yeah, Corey Feldman's a little hellraiser, and he's bored at a well, bar I mean, with he, his friends. I get his motivation; he wants to have sex. He's supposed well, to be yeah, a yeah, teenager. for sure. I also understand that. Except when he arrives at what is a funeral home, he is told to get in a casket lined up to go into an incinerator, and then does. Yes, that is a weird choice. I don't care how horny you are. I don't ex- ex- expect you to get into an incinerator to, to to hope that there's a fault. I mean, like, there's no excuse for it. But he climbs into it. I mean, even one of the characters is like, <laughs> "This better be good." Like, oh my, my dude. And then yeah, like like Catherine goes like follows Dennis Miller to like his like old porno theater. Yeah, he's like running out of like, pure, yeah. a theater. It's so bad. <laughs> and she's like clearly got money. I mean, she works for this like mega church. Like, she's probably got some funds. I don't understand why she's like seventeen and also like a powerful businesswoman. Yeah, there was the so many questions on. about uh, what exactly Jesus. was supposed to be going on. And then I, I, I guess Dennis Miller was supposed to be in the classic, like, I'm a private eye and a beautiful woman walks in, so I have to help her. I guess that was his motivation, but it's extremely unclear because Dennis Miller just, like, riffs about racist pe- like racist shit for a while. So it's, like, unclear what... And no point is it really established that he's, like, into Catherine, really. You know what I mean? Like, he just well, sort no, of he follows keeps, her around he and harasses saying, her. like, ooh, she's so hot. I really like her, but it's like, based on what? You're like a sleazeball yeah. douche, and she just is like, I don't want to pay you. So it was <laughs> yeah, very weird that like they, he, they try to create like this romance, and he keeps coming. Kind of, I, I don't know. It was just, it was a fucking And like I said, the reverend's storyline is pretty confusing, because he clears, like you said, he clearly 
is like a uh, a con man, like doing this like evangelical show thing to make money. So like, what bother is it? What bother is it to run like a secret operation to kill people? Like, what is well, that no, doing? I, I think the question is, why do it if you're just yeah. like? That's my point. Is like they set him up in the beginning to be like he's this thoughtless asshole who's just like milking yeah. people for money. But then it turns out he's on like some depraved mission from God in his own mind. And I was just like, I couldn't figure out what the fucking point was. That's what was so uh, like annoying about it. Uh, yeah, it's a fucking terrible movie. Uh. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's rough as hell. I, my notes are, are probably much just commenting on a variety uh, of the uh, of the. I mean, him calling like some guy Tonto at some point, who's also just like a like a, a growling idiot. That's that's cool. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Every person gets like a sexist line. Like I'll all the women honest. are incredibly stupid. His uh, like sarcastic, droll voice. I would say about fifty percent of what he said. I couldn't figure it out, and I couldn't be bothered to watch, like to rewind it. He would say stuff, and I'd be like, "All I caught was the word like bat," and that would be like you just be like, right, "We're gonna go and do this over here." And it's like, "What? What is he saying?" It was terrible. I also love his. This Dennis Miller, like, I mean, like, the way he behaves, I think, in the, some of the scenes is the way that you behave when you play out fake scenarios in your head, you know what I mean? Where no one behaves as they would really. Because if you walked into a biker bar and just started, like, taking a dump at a dude playing pool, he'd crack it over your fucking head. Like, like I'm, What's I'm awesome not advocating is- violence here, but, like, he, he comes in and he's, like undoubtedly shitty to these these two guys who clearly would be willing to like go to jail for beating him up and like he's able to just sort of like be sarcastic at them and then wander off like that's exactly as he thinks it would play off when in reality he'd probably just get fucking what's shoved also, out the front door what's also really weird about it is like he shows up and again i'm pretty sure these people are teenagers and he's like mocking them and like like trying to like bully him it's like dude you're talking to children like i don't think they're adults it's, yeah it's it's again extremely unclear because of the uh of the confusing nature of every character being both 17 and 40 at the same time yeah because like there's like when they're introduced they're afraid to go to the bordello because it seems like they're young you know what i mean like they're teenagers and they're like i don't want to do that that seems weird and then when they come back later they're like these like douches hitting on women it's like no in the beginning they were too awkward to hit on anyone you got to make up your mind movie they also introduce these characters in a game where uh cory feldman throws a dart into his friend's ball sack for ten dollars i couldn't really figure out what was going on there yeah not really anyone anyone would hang out with but sure 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 yeah i don't even think they would hang out with each other uh let's talk about the the real the the two climaxes of this film if we can call them that um the scene where dennis miller and the preacher show up with super soakers full of holy water i don't know where dennis miller got holy water uh and then in such abundance yeah it's pretty confusing and then he they show up and start fighting while ballroom blitz plays you know what's strange about this is that the, the the preempt to this scene is that the reverend shows up in, in a desperate attempt again we're suddenly it's, it's led to believe he's like a somewhat morally adjusted person that yeah he, now he feels he bad would, he's trying to fix his problem and putting himself in clearly in harm's way like yeah, willing to die in I mean, an attempt just so confusing it's extremely confusing but two people show up to this 
event. One person shows up with a couple of stakes, assuming that will help. The other has come with an utterly abnormal amount of holy water. Ironically, the holy water is coming from Dennis Miller. Yeah, that's the what private makes it so eye, confusing. And also, just like a bundle of wood, a bundle of just random stakes comes from the preacher. Like that seems backwards, I think, frankly. Well, yeah, and so what's yeah? So they show up and they just start spraying people down, and it's just like five minutes, four minutes worth of just topless women with like meh to really bad burn prosthetics just smacked on them for a while one of them gets uh, yeah. cut in half by the holy water the holy water burns some of them others it acts like a lightsaber it was really all over the place for what would happen i will say one other like one generally redeemable point to this movie uh is that when i watch dumb horror i do enjoy when nearly everything is a practical effect especially if it looks dumb and some of it looks good and some of it looks extremely dumb I just appreciate that there's probably, well, I hate Dennis Miller and I apparently don't like Rob Zemeckis for like putting his fucking effort into this. I do love the guys that showed up and like built prosthetics, to like shoot blood everywhere. I mean, bless them. I mean, just frankly, bless them because <laughs> they did a lot of work and it's pretty good most of the time. Yeah. I mean, it, but it is like upsetting because like most of the time they cut to a burned woman, at least one of her boobs is still exposed. And I was like, oh Why? yeah, it's unpleasant to watch absolutely unpleasant to watch at every single moment uh uh yeah whether it's just the gratuitous nudity or like blending the nudity with a burning woman not an image i wanted to sear into my head thank you very much rob zemeckis what are you doing he just wrote Um, it i can only hope his script was better than the finished product I, I did want to make a note. Something that cracked me up is at some point, I think it's Dennis Miller is creeping around somewhere, looking for someone, breaking into the morgue. I forget. And like a random like cat screaming and flying past him, like scares him. And all I can think about was community. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, is, is someone, someone throwing, throwing it? it? <laughs> uh, I just had that in my notes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think actually I thought about that when I was watching, I didn't write it down, but so yeah, this is, I, I don't know. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's in this. Yeah, I was going to mention the bizarre That's cameo. Where sure. they're in a hospital room. And hey, Pokes! Whoopi Goldberg's just there and has like three lines. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Pokes, we didn't really talk about it enough, if we did at all, uh, earlier when we talked about the the evangelical scenes. What, what What's a laser for? Uh, yeah, so... So climax one is them going into the bordello and killing everyone. Yeah, uh, and they free the girl, uh, and she's safe, quote unquote. The pastor dies, and he tells him that the only way to kill Lilith is to cut her heart out and to cut it up into sections, as one. And also, and also that to to sort of uh, try and abate some of the the death that's bound to come from this creature being you know released, that they should that they should get on TV and warn everyone. Which was confusing on a number of levels. But they show up at the church to put on this, I don't know what show. Uh, Thankfully, we know that the church has a, like a mega laser that was installed that was supposed to shoot a pop-up version of the devil for part of his uh, conversion. Which when that was cut, that came in, I thought, oh, devil laser that's that's Chekhov's devil laser that's coming back. yeah 
Chekhov, Chekhov's crucifix laser was certainly gonna gonna make speak so its way back into the film. Dennis Miller luckily saves the day and it's it's also shoots so, her, but she lives. It's so out of place too because it's this fucking, it's this giant like, from like a it, it's as if they wielded off a set of like a seventies like like Lost in Space set. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it looks so bizarre. Like it's got the like the sci fi rings and like a bunch of dials and lights on it. It's just fucking bizarre and apparently is capable of being turned up to such a degree that it burns people yes that it, that it becomes a real laser not like a laser pointer or a like, laser effect it's an actual it's just laser. a light guys it just needs to be a spotlight why is it ever a he, laser that that preacher bought it from a james bond villain like dr no went at it like his his estate sale after he was killed he got the mega laser yeah, everyone knows famously before his demise, Doctor No had a, a last minute late, late, late in life turn to Christianity and started translating some of his doomsday devices to being a little Christian. More, uh, yeah, Christ, Christian. Yeah. I have to make a living. These robot <laughs> hands don't pay for themselves. Uh, I think that was Doctor No. Uh, yeah, it's so that's and then she gets lasered, and then whatever I already forgot the character's name. Uh, Lilith, Catherine? The, the vampire, Catherine, Catherine, yeah, Catherine. Yeah. Catherine stabs her with like a plastic pitchfork, which for some reason breaks her heart apart, and she dies. And then they have just a random rabbi that De- Dennis Miller knows consecrate, yeah, she... sanctify the vampire so it can't come back. And then the twist comes, a real M Night Shyamalan twist at the end, which was no one gives a shit, but. Uh, the twist is at the end, this woman starts becoming interested in Dennis Miller, which I had started to write a note. Well, I hope she turns out to be dead or a vampire because this makes yeah. no sense otherwise. It's very suspicious. Uh, and it turns out the vampire bit her on her thigh and then she attacks Dennis Miller. And we're supposed to be like, oh man, but who gives a fuck? Like, who really? I don't care if Dennis Miller's character dies. I don't think this woman's going to bring back Lilith, so I guess it's just a vampire. Whatever. I don't really care that much. I mean, much. could you fathom how insufferable a follow-up film would be with, like, a vampire Dennis Miller? Like, can you fathom how just irredeemably bad that would be? I, no, I don't even want to actually think about it. Yeah. I, 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 I Actually, I respectfully re- rescind my question and ask the audience not to think about that. I just feel like, you know... Just be like a bunch of references to like Labby and Paler. <laughs> like, can you kill me, Dennis? Can you just go ahead and kill me, Dennis? She's <laughs> she's actually killed herself because she couldn't stand being near <laughs> Dennis Miller. She just fell on the first sharp piece of wood she found. I can't wait for Dennis Miller to be alive forever, so he could constantly do references uh, to how cool how cool it was when he was a kid. <laughs> well, I can't wait until they bring him on for you know Monday Night Football four four hundred years from now. <laughs> what the world needs like what? it's it's so weird that these footballs got lasers on them i mean like back when i was young we used to be able to just throw them uh harder than that so i don't know i can't even do this uh, yeah I, of his jokes were so blah so i literally bad. cannot remember one of them oh i've just been i just like i feel like I've, i feel like i feel like dennis miller is a vampire like of my a of my vampire? sanity like of, of fun yeah do you want to know the most egregious thing about this movie uh, I, I listed a few things, but no, go ahead. This is the most egregious. I can't believe how dare they then 
this was only available to rent in HD. I had to pay $4 to watch this oh, movie. Yeah. Why was this in HD at all? It was filmed in the 90s. There was no such thing as HD. It's, 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 I, it's that's my first note, was just, how dare they? It's quite literally a crime. Yeah, it's I frankly, was so a mad. crime. Like, you can watch good movies in standard definition. I had to watch this in high def, and it looked like shit, so I can't imagine what the point was. Well, I guess we'll jump to the part of the show, which I'm sure is very... People probably aren't going to be able to guess. Ben, would you recommend this movie to anybody? Oh, boy. I mean, like, definitively the answer is no. If someone were to tell me that this was, like, a guilty pleasure of theirs, I guess I'd understand. No, I would stop being friends with that person and then <laughs> and then figure out how you can commit a person in the modern era. Because of what I said earlier about it being, like, at least a B-movie that always has, like, some absurd thing after the next absurd thing. Um... At the very least, there's that. But yeah, Dennis Miller is so fucking unlikable that I frankly probably would lean closer to your opinion. I, yeah, I don't think this is a B movie. This is like a G movie. I don't know. It's so bad. <laughs> it's not enjoyable. It, like all the things that I love about bad movies, and I love tons of bad movies. You guys have listened to this podcast. There's movies on here that I thoroughly enjoyed because they were bad. I wouldn't be like, you should watch it because it's good. But I'll say, you know, it's so bad you should watch it. This had zero moment where it was like funny because it was bad, where it was like weird because it was bad. It was just bad, just straight, straight bad. The only good thing was it was an hour and 27 minutes and like six minutes of that were credits and five minutes, maybe 10 minutes of it were the Crypt Keeper. So you only had to listen to Dennis Miller for about an hour and five minutes. So yeah, I would say never watch this. Even if it was like for free on TV or you were like at a bar and it was plain <laughs> muted on a screen, leave and don't ever go back to that bar. I also call the health department because I feel like it's a violation. I think the spookiest thing I learned about this Halloween is that Dennis Miller exists and we haven't put a stop to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing is, is it really makes you think. Maybe the 90s weren't the glory era that we look back on and remember if this is who we were we were picking out to be like given prominence. Maybe the 90s were worse than we always thought they were. It wasn't uh, perhaps, just the bad yeah. clothing. Perhaps. Well, that does it for Bordello of Blood, uh, a movie that really sucked. <laughs> I can't do a good Crypt Keeper laugh. Uh, come back. Can you do one? Uh, no, I'm leaving. Oh. After, after that I'm leaving I, okay I can't. that's fair I'm, so I'm come back next week for the mini episode where I'll be by myself because Ben's left uh, we'll tell you what movie's up next oh no that was a creaky door 